welcome back Your dreams were your ticket out Welcome back To that same old place that you laughed about Well, welcome back to Oklahoma Said. It is the official Oklahoma Ed podcast. Uh, after quite a hiatus and uh, lots of... Um, what do you call it when people complain to you? Belly... When, when people what? Like are complaining at you. Mm. Um, fussy. <laughs> fussy. Fussy is okay. Lots of fussiness that uh, we haven't been doing what we had been doing the previous two years. And so, um, you know, we're back. Uh, yeah. So we are. I bet you thought we were dead, but we're not. We're, we're alive. Not um, and this is the for real 100th episode recording. So not only are we back, but like this is a big deal. Centennial. It's our centennial. It's our centennial. <laughs> uh, and we decided to come back on <laughs> such a chaotic chat. Uh, it, was, it was quite the turbulent chat, but I also real quick want to just take a second and plug the Oakla Ed Podcast Network, of which we are a proud member. And you can find more of your favorite Oklahoma educators on the podcasters at oklaed.wordpress.com. So Thank that's one thing that's changed since our last. <laughs> yes, we have come together with several of our other podcasts across Oklahoma to, um, to give you variety in your listening on what's going on here and around Oklahoma. Indeedly do. Uh, I also want to say that it's possible perhaps in the middle of this discussion at some point in time, a potty word could slip out. So uh, I'm just going to put that little caveat here at the front. So if you're listening with young listeners, most of this podcast will be safe, but there could be a potty word on occasion. There because could be. It was a very raw, very real, very turbulent discussion. Uh, and I see before we even get to the tweets uh, <laughs> under... <laughs> things that we um, list, uh, you, you added a note. I, I, <laughs> maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll need to, uh, uh, maybe we can figure out the beep, the beep deal. Okay. Uh, and so we can just do the beep thing and then now, okay, never mind. You can listen with your young listeners. We'll beep out the potties. <laughs> Most of them. But yeah, yeah so Aaron and so, I, we've told you before that we sort of operate out of a template where we plan out what we're going to sort of the tweets we're going to talk about and go back and forth. And one of us is always in there early. The other one always plays catch up and it takes its turns. Like this time Aaron was in there before me, but it, this is what we use as, and as it guides our conversation. And you can see the, you know, the rough template tweeted uh, out today. Uh, so, so, you know, you can see kind of what we do and, and how we do it. Right. Um, and you can always click on the show notes to see what we have as well uh, there in, you know, the app that you're listening on right now. Right. Click on the show notes. You or can check it out in WordPress form. But our general thing usually follows like who the topic is, who hosted it, and then uh, into the first question so that we're sure that we introduce all those things. So we did that. Our chat was hosted by? Uh, Angela Little and Craig McVeigh. Okay. And their chat topic chat topic their chat topic was advocacy or activism and then usually right below that we tell you what it is and we start our questions but i added a bullet point first there's a shit storm pre-chat tweet situation and uh, for like an hour an hour before the chat started 
there was a Twitter going on in the Twitter sphere. And it was quite hectic and crazy. And I was very surprised that it became such this epic thing before we even got into our discussion of advocacy or, or activism. So I want to dive into that a little bit before. Yeah. So can I um, step on my podium for just a quick second before we go through the whole chat? Yeah. So I think hold on. Let me set up your microphone on okay, the podium. Okay, hold on. There you go. Right, let me fix my hair so I can look good for the masses. The thing is this, um, both Angela and Alberto have created outstanding advocacy groups for education. Of that, there is no doubt they're very active. They have large numbers of people that speak into them. My criticism though for both of them is they, they very highly cultivate the message inside of those different forms. So there is not always tons of dissension and there's not always a lot of um, open pushback because the, the, both of those forms are curated in such a way as to stick to the message. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just pointing that out. And so also the other issue with this is we have people that don't always participate in the Oakland Ed chat getting offended by others. And I have a strong disagreement with that because the Oakland chat is there for everybody. Uh, it's, it's an available place for us as educators to use for professional development, to trade ideas, to build each other up, to encourage and empower other teachers. And, and when it becomes this superintendent versus school teacher, or when it becomes one advocate versus another, or I'm going to block this person because I don't like their views on education, then what we're doing is we're, we're eliminating the diversity that's available to us through our chat. And I think it's really important to keep all of that in mind. If you don't want to participate in a chat, don't participate in it. Just skip it. There's been a time or two that I've skipped it and I haven't been very active recently myself because just because not for any, just for my own personal reasons, like I needed a break. Uh, not because of any one person did any one thing, and, but I would argue that the second you allow yourself to not share your voice because of another person, then you're el eliminating an opportunity to speak what's important to you. And I, I think it's critical that we keep that in mind. Anyway. I 100% agree. Um, and I, I just wanted to um, shed light on the the group that we're talking about. Um, there's the the parents and educators for Oklahoma group, and then there's the walkout. The time is now group. Has it has the name of that walkout group changed? Um, I don't know. Okay, it looks like um, there are over 8,000 members in one and uh, 30,000 members in another. And, and if I'm seeing the wrong uh, walkout group, uh, Alberto, please, if you're listening, correct me. Um, I want to put the numbers up. But these are not small groups is what I'm trying to get at. They're not. So um, uh, we came together and there was an immediate, uh, I can't see the question how will we be able to participate when you've blocked us um, type, you know, frustration uh, that happened an hour before the chat. And so uh, uh, Oklahoma teachers, the time is now it's a closed group with 66.6 thousand members. Thank you. So I was obviously seeing the wrong group. Um, you know, these are ginormous groups, you know, 
Um, and it, it seems like the messaging is kind of the same. We want advocacy, but there is a difference. And uh, that's why the blocking of people happened. Uh, I think Vanessa Perez wrote an amazing blog piece on this. Uh, we should probably link that in the show notes as well so that um, people can go see what she had to say about it. But I think we did enough talking on the front side. Let's, let's dive into the chat. Well, let me share Angela's too. Um, the other group is the Oklahoma Parents and Educators for Public Education. Yes. And their group is also a closed group with 31,000 members. Correct. There you so, go. So, but, so that is a lot, that is 90,000 people. And a lot of these people that are one are in the other two. So they, they share, um, they share back and forth for some of those folks. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I believe, um, I believe, Aaron, you take the odds. Okay. Well, question one, what is the difference between activism and advocacy? Mm, that's a good question. I think one thing um, for, for me personally, you can advocate for me. That doesn't necessarily mean you represent me. And so I think advocacy is trying to speak out for those that maybe don't have an avenue to speak out for themselves. That's how I would look at that. Okay, I, I think that that's a, a great way to look at it. And then the, it. the activism part would be the actual. Um, well, I have Stephanie Bice's tweet here, and she. I think Zoom just did something weird to us. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> uh, hopefully, that didn't catch out in the world. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I went with the Stephanie Bice tweet on this one. She is in the Oklahoma Senate. Um, and I thought uh, she did a great job on this one. She said, in my opinion, an activist and uh, advocate supports a cause publicly where an activist works to create change for that issue. And uh, I just thought that that was, that was just a simple and solid definition. Yeah, that's pretty good. I went with Sherry Gately. She said, well, by definition, an activist does the political work and an advocate champions a cause. I think both are essential for ensuring the best for our students. And I think, I think this first question is a good one because activism and advocacy are different, but they're very closely related to whereas usually if you're advocating for something, you're also an activist for it. Right. So, but I think the terms are used synonymously sometimes. And uh, there is, you know, one, one does, seem like there's action uh, right. versus just words behind it. Right. So All question right. two, activism is often seen as working outside the system, whereas advocacy is seen as working inside the system to generate change. Which do you feel is the most effective and why? And I think that there are structures in place in education with Oklahoma that have been in place for a long time and people just take them for like, this is the way it's always been. This is the way it's always going to be. And so because of that, there's always going to be testing. So there's always going to be test review. So I need to make sure that my class is scripted out from August to March. And I need to follow these specific rules and do these specific things. And, and so I think we fall into that just out of nature, right? Okay. I, think, I think at the same time, though, inside the system, I was able to completely blow up what the quote unquote system was in my classroom. So I was still able to do that inside my own classroom. So sometimes I, I didn't work outside the system. I worked inside the system to do what was best for my students. 
We still had to take the stupid test at the end of the year and that's great. But I didn't follow other, all the other normal things because we've always done it this way. Right. And I love that. Uh, and I think that uh, you were a great uh, kind of advocate for your students, but you were an activist in working to change what the inside looks like. Right. So I, I think that that was good. I went with Sherry Gately again on, on tweet number two. Um, you picked her for tweet number one. I've got her for tweet two. She said, it depends on the situation. Sometimes the people in the system need to be, ch- uh, sorry, need to be changed, making activism essential. Uh, sometimes you have to force their hand, i.e. the walkout. Uh, they aren't mutually exclusive. All depends on the political climate and who's willing to listen. And so I, I liked that. I, uh, you know, we've got people that are doing things for us, but sometimes those people uh, need to change. Right. And I wonder too, uh, as far as activism, as far as working outside the system, I don't know that there's a working outside the system situation necessarily in Oklahoma. We're guided by the law. And as we teach in public ed or whatever, there's, there's law and statute that we have to follow. So uh, everything that we have to do to advocate change in Oklahoma, in, in my personal opinion, and I could be totally wrong, this is just me speaking, that um, we have to work inside the system to, to activate that change. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Well, the walkout was outside of the system for some. However, other superintendents got creative with the way they uh, lined up days off to make it still within the system for others. Right. So, and I think that's something to consider too, because um, some people were like, it was a walkout, it was a strike. But in a lot of ways, the local school boards operated within the existing structure to provide the opportunity for teachers to advocate at the Capitol. Correct. So uh, I went with uh, Todd Gregg. He said, not sure I agree with the dichotomy here. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was clearly an activist for civil rights, but he was also advocating behind the scenes with JFK, LBJ, RFK, countless legislators, etc. Successful movements require both equally. And yes. Boom, spoken by a history teacher. Yeah, uh, well, question three. These days, most successful models demonstrate that you have to reform the system from within uh, to change the system. What do you feel it means to work within the system? So we sort of covered that in our previous. Yeah. yeah. I am, I have. <laughs> and again, I chose Todd Gregg, who you chose just the question before. Um, and it was, he was replying, he said, uh, this assumption flies in the face of what's happening across much of the country. Take criminal justice reform. People listen to a podcast, they get motivated, they get involved. Activism is leading to advocacy. Uh, the change begins outside, not inside. I thought that was a really good response to that because I think, um, I feel like, okay, there you go. There's a knock in my, hey, we have to make the change from the inside part. But um, I like what he's saying there about the activism leading to advocacy. That's something good. But how do often- he- Do you hear all of that in the background here? No. Okay. I waited till you like got to a, a spot where you could stop and no. say you can. Oh, okay, cut this part out. Roger. Okay. So I went with Renee Bell. She said the teacher perspective, 
I feel that there is much that can be modified from within the teaching profession, attitudes, behaviors, even policy. So we must focus on what we can do in our own industry within the system and work to change the perception and support without Oakla Ed. Um, and I mean, I think she means like from the outside view. And this is where I say to teachers, you have more power in your classrooms to be creative, dynamic, amazing speakers of life to your students than you realize. Yes, there's a standardized test at the end of the year. Yes, we're accountable to that, but, but you know what is best for your students. And so take those intentional risks to do amazing things that you know will lead to excellent learning outcomes for your students. Like, don't be hemmed into, I have to do this specific script because test scores. Um, I like, though, that we have... Um a difference in opinion here between Todd and Renee, you know, even with, um, he, he says it's got to start outside and Renee says it's got to start inside, you know? Um, I, I think that that's pretty interesting that, um, I don't know, the both I think are equally right. Like I see both sides of, of right. that. Like you could argue each one's position. Exactly. Like I'm a fence writer on that one. <laughs> Watch me saddle this fence and not move. <laughs> I will not move at all. You're right, Todd. No, you're right, Renee. I get it. You're both geniuses. <laughs> um, so according to a recent study, social media has become an avenue where many activists lambast those who work within the system. Do you feel this type of division helps or hurt the cause? I mean, I think we got to shine a spotlight on what needs uh, to change. And so I like that social media particularly within Oakland Ed, has shined a spotlight on legislators. The legislators are involved in our chats now. They're working uh, to try to help um, change things here. But I think if you're constantly bullying and uh, at the pulpit and, and, and you know, uh, just being rotten, um, I don't like that. I think that that's a horrible way of doing things. Right. I, I like speaking truth to power, but I don't think we need to um, tie up that power and gag them and, um, you know, uh, beat them to death. You know, uh, I, I don't often agree with my state senator. I, that doesn't mean that I want him to fall off the place, face of the planet and have a horrible death. Like, well, and how is he ever going to, how are you ever going to, if you're sitting there saying, hey, state senator, you're the worst person on the planet. Hey, state senator, you suck. Hey, state senator. How is he ever going to want to listen to you whenever you need him to? Right. So. Right. And, and I think that's, I think that's part of the issue is, is sometimes we, we hide behind a keyboard and we say these things that we would never say to somebody in real life. Um, I would still have a passionate conversation with my senator in real life, just as I would have that same passionate conversation through through social media, um, but I, I just feel like we can have argument, we can have diverse thought and thinking, we can have some of, some of this chaos is good because great ideas can come from that. We just can't, you can't take it down to um, talking bad about people's mamas and things like that. And like nothing will get accomplished in, in that way. And so I chose Kimber Blodgett on this one, uh, Kimberly, uh, because uh, she, she makes a fair point. Um, but I also, I don't think that she is taking it too lambast. She, but I'll just read it. She says, I feel like it, as if these questions are targeting people. And, and I do 
too, a little bit. Uh, uh, she says, social media is an open platform and anyone is free to mute or block anyone at any moment. Uh, we should be able to ask tough questions. They don't have to... You, you froze. I don't know if you can hear me. Doris, can you hear me? I can now. Okay. Yeah. Start again. Read her tweet again. I feel as if these questions are targeting people. Just kidding. Uh, but social media is an open platform. Anyone free to mute. You are free to mute or block people at any moment. We should be able to ask tough questions. They don't have to respond. And and she's so right. Like. I think we should be able to hit people, you know, on social media and ask them the tough questions. But I also don't think that Kimberly is one that is um, calling people cotton headed ninny muggins uh, on the side either. You know, she's not a troll. Uh, but, you know, too, I, I would say that there was. Right. But I also am not sure she sees. Right. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I think I think too that there was there was the one state representative who was just really he could get the teachers he's not in the in the house anymore but he could get teachers all riled up with his way of thinking I, I wish I could remember his name but he also was willing to engage teachers in social media and and yes he would say things that I strongly oppose and he he would almost get this like primal rage going in my body. Um, but I could appreciate him saying what he thought there. Like he was, he was saying how he felt and how he would vote and why he would vote that way and why he thought that way. And even if I disagreed with him to the nth degree, I could, I could, and I did several times, you know, I would give him two or three tweets back and we would have this conversation and I, and every time he would respond, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, scratch my face off. But I could appreciate him being there. I remain professional. He remained professional. And, but other teachers would come in and just, use the ninny muggins you know sort of business and he'd be like there's no need for that right and you know and like you said earlier um if we if we if we call every state senator that makes a vote that we don't like or state representative that makes a vote we don't like a ninny muggins and tell them that that's it for you you didn't vote this one way on this one issue i mean that says more about us than it does about the the state senator i mean and you and i have both talked where it would be hard for us to have this position because we would be so tunnel visioned just on education. Right. They truly have to look at a whole big picture. No, I, I, yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so I went with Ampec at Miss Beck 25. She said, I think it keeps people on their toes. I've left or muted groups because comments were highly moderated. Can't take the heat. Get out of the kitchen. Uh, which I think is awesome. I, I don't want to leave the groups because I want to still see what's happening and just know that, um, I, I mean, I'll make my post. It may be taken down, uh, but somebody saw it before it was taken down, you know? Um, anyway, I, 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 you're right though. I mean, you, you can choose what is going to affect you in this world. And if leaving a group is what's necessary, then that's what you need to do. Right. Uh, all right. Well, question five, many educators say it's not about test scores. You'll also have to consider the growth of the student when measuring success in advocacy. Should we consider the progress made as opposed to hitting a predefined mark? Um, hmm. So that's a hard question, right? Because, yes. because in Oklahoma, 
the history of education in our state makes it very difficult to answer this question without getting emotional because I we're so, education has been so horribly funded, mistreated, viewed from our top public officials, from our top- Rug taken out from underneath. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And from public officials, from state newspapers that people read, from editorial boards that really don't understand what's happening, like they truly don't get it. And so I think there's this, um, there's this sense of what's going to happen next. And so I think teachers at the breaking point last year with the walkout and, be, and because of that, there was a limit that they were, I, I think at that point in time, there was a predefined mark that needed to be hit. I don't know if it was, but I think at that point in time, after you know, 30 years of, of absolute shit shuffled on them. Price. Yeah, that, that that was the point. And I think at that point in time, yes, predefined is what it is. Now, having achieved a, a lot of what the teachers in general wanted, I think predefined now is less necessary, but there needs to be growth. I, I, I definitely agree with the growth. I mean, so, but then like, so we, we got a pay raise and support got a pay raise. Uh, do we back off of that? Even though it wasn't the $10,000 pay raise, you know, um, that I, I think that's a great question. So I went with Jack Reed here and I also went with, uh, Ob, who's at Ob Noel. I'm going to read hers first. She said, no, this is an unfair comparison that doesn't make much sense. And <laughs> I really liked it. Um, and so maybe Aubrey, with our examples uh, just given, um, does your answer still stand? Uh, but I also kind of agree with you. Um, I, I think that uh, if you have a mark, you can always, I mean, you don't stop, but you can always, um, I think you have to be willing to be flexible in your definition of the mark. We, I mean, we wanted a $10,000 pay raise. We got this. Do we stop? No, but we're not going full force walkout again. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the action um, uh, comes off a little in my opinion. Let's see some growth now. Yeah. Um, I also went with Jack Reed on this one, who is at JL Reed 2011. He says, it's never about test scores. We educate individuals and we do our work diligently, uh, then give our efforts, then test scores will take care of themselves. Chasing test scores does not advocate for our students. And I think you hit the nail on the head right there. But I also think if we aren't looking at test scores, uh, we're not being real. Uh, you know, test scores... <laughs> like it or not for administrators it it defines what the world says you are doing in your building um and i mean the community the stakeholders not necessarily what the people in the building know what's going on the teachers know what's going on the students know what's going on the principal knows what's going on but there will be an a to f report card that comes from it and you can't always just throw your hands up in the air and just say well yeah we're always going to be enough school because we don't care about that we care about that we do and we got to work to change it so uh, i don't want to chase the test scores but i think we'd be fooling ourselves to say that they don't matter 100 percent. right like they're a part of what has to happen but right they're not the only thing that has to happen correct so and i think too it's interesting too how the tweets that we've pulled, except for Aub, 
except for Aubrey's um, from the teacher aspect. They all latched right on to high stakes testing. I know, I know. <laughs> past advocacy. Exactly. <laughs> I also chose two tweets for this, so I'll share Kenneth Ward's first. He said, data is valuable. Weaponizing data is not. I think, I think we have moved away from that in a lot of instances, except with the RSA, third grade thing. Um, we also have to be careful being hypercritical by making our tests high stakes like we complain about state tests being. Yeah. He's talking about his own, like in your own classroom. Correct. Um, the other one comes from Steve Gilliland and he said, we need to blow up the box that's been created. Not every student will fit in the same box. We're all different. Let's celebrate that and grow in our own individual way. And I thought Man. those are it. Yes. I mean, it's, it's so crazy. And, um, uh, we're, we're living in a world where race to the top, I mean, is like, hey, we need to make this relevant. We need to personalize this education. We need to, um, you know, uh, uh, find ways to engage students in their own, you know, uh, knowledge bank that they've already got, right? So we're personalizing education at the wazoo. We are saying, you know, um, here's a gun. Uh, Actually, if you hold the gun this way, it will, uh, it might shoot a little different. You know what? As a matter of fact, the gun isn't working. Let's give you bow and arrow um, or uh, uh, a machete, right? So we've all got weapons. <laughs> all the students have weapons, but the target is the exact same. This is a trigger warning for those of you that uh, may be opposed to violent talk. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> Just <you> kidding. <laughs> the target is the exact same. And so we are doing what, you know, everybody says we need to be doing, but we haven't changed the target at the end. Right. And that drives me absolutely crazy. Like, That's when crazy. are we going to change the target? Yeah. And, and you and I have talked about this before. I'm an advocate of let's blow up and start again, because uh, so you're allowed to talk about blowing up, but I can talk about weapons. Uh, your weapons might hurt me. <sighs> Sorry. Well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> whatever if only <laughs> if only you guys could have seen Aaron's eye roll <laughs> I think it's time to start putting these recordings on YouTube is all I'm saying <laughs> the world needs to see my eye roll <laughs> I love you you're the best um but you have a point there but though because like people need different tools to learn with and so one person may be a dead eye with a, with a gun. Another person may be a dead eye with a bow and arrow. And another person may be able to just swing a machete equally as well. I mean, so. But ax throwing isn't going to go as far as a nine millimeter bullet. <laughs> those who live by the sword get shot by those who don't. Um, Boom. <laughs> now test that. <laughs> uh, question six. Do you feel like your legislator has to agree with you on every issue to be considered in my legislator and I nah. don't always agree. And you know what? My legislator was elected by a lot of folks. So I get to vote. I get to exercise that right to vote every two years for my legislator, every four years for my senator. And if I don't like how they're voting often enough, I can change who I choose to vote for. I mean, they don't have to agree with me on everything. Exactly. <laughs> the world would be... Um... Uh, a crazy place if everybody thought like Aaron Barnes, right? <laughs> and so I can't expect my legislators to think like me all the time. 
And I don't want to. My ideas are not always amazing. So not always amazing. I mean, most of the time. But but think about that though. Do you want to live in a world surrounded by other people like you? I don't want to live in a world full of me. Right. Like I would drive myself crazy with all my other selves. Mm -hmm. Like one is enough. So please disagree with me is what we're saying. (laughs) <laughs> um, who is Steph Hinton on this one, uh, who is the curator and uh, host of Passing Notes podcast. Uh, that's also legislative updates. Yeah. Uh, she said, neither of my legislators agree with me on every issue, but I'm thankful both individuals listen and care about what's best for kids. I can have a discourse with both and believe that my perspective as an educator is respected. And that is all we ask for, really. Yeah, bang on. I went with Jack Reed here. He said, I do not think anyone has to agree with me all of the time on every issue to be considered a friend of public education. Changes cannot occur if we only befriend people who only agree and don't give different perspectives. And I love that tweet. Yeah. Just gonna leave it there. Okay, Uh, well, question seven. 10% of conflicts are due to difference in opinion and 90% are due to the wrong delivery and tone of voice. How should we apply this logic when advocating for public education? And this is, I mean, I I said it before the walkout. I said it during the walkout. I'll say it now. I'll continue to say it. I don't think we can meet our legislators with vitriol every single time. I think there's a time and a place for it, Uh, you know, but if, our tone is that of we're, you know, coming with pitchforks. Um, they're not going to listen to us. Right. So uh, yeah, that being said, I went with Joanna Lean on this one, <laughs> who uh, is at Joe Maybelline. <laughs> Maybelline. Okay. Uh, The Oakland Ed community determines how we engage online. Get it together, folks. Um, and I really liked that. She's with the TLI, uh, you know, group. Um, was that? The Teacher Leadership Institute. Yes. Um, and she tweeted um, a graphic here that um, says, culture will be created with or without our help. And I think that that's totally legit. Uh, culture exists. The, the, uh, the climate of education five years ago when teachers weren't maybe so involved, it still had a culture, you know, um, whether or not we were saying anything. Now that we are saying anything, it's different. And we just need to make sure that um, it, I don't know, in, in Aaron's opinion, it stays clean, no fighting, no hitting below the belt. <laughs> keep it clean, keep it clean. Exactly. So I went with uh, Derek Houston here. He's at DA underscore Houston. He said, people struggle with strong and then in, in parentheses here, or not parentheses, but like, I don't know what the, what are those brackety things? Brackety so things? Uh, the pointy deals. He said, people struggle with strong, insert any identity other than white male voices. So folks don't like it when those being stepped on actually say something, I'll ask again, what happens when being nice doesn't work? Doesn't work? And I know, and, and I think he brings up a valid point here because we can be nice, we can bring coffee, we can bring, bring donuts, we can smile, we can smile, we can smile, we can smile, we can smile. But if, if there's no perceived change, then it gets increasingly frustrating to advocate 
with that smile on your face. And so I think he does bring up a good point. For a long time, educators have been browbeaten, stepped on, downtrodden. They've been forced into things they know aren't right for kids. They've been told how to do it, why to do it, and where to do it by people that have no idea what happens in education. And they've tried to be polite, I believe. They tried to be nice, and you reach a breaking point. So what happens then? I agree with you, though, Aaron. You can't come in all the time with the pitchforks and uh, storm the castle and torches and do all that stuff. But on the other hand, what do you do? What happens when nice doesn't work? And I think that's an excellent question. You don't have to agree with me on that. So, but I thought, I thought it was a good point that you made. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, it's important to be polite. It is important to be courteous. It is important to smile. Um, but if you bring, what, what was it? What was it that the people said about blue cereal and Oklahoma Education Truths? Yeah, yeah, yeah. vitriol and uh, visceral, I don't know. I can't remember, but it, yeah. But if you're vitriol, vitriol, vitriol all the time, and if you're like down with the man all the time, then, then that is also equally ineffective. Exactly. Question eight. The foundation of successful advocacy is knowing the history and the legislative process. How should we go about educating new advocates on both so that they can be successful? Here's the thing. I don't know a lot about the legislative process. I know a bill can become a law uh, that it has to go through the Senate and the House of Representatives, and then they have to have a joint committee, and then it goes wherever, and then the, the governor signs it. But once you introduce all these like faux shell bill things where they could be anything at any point in time, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't get that. No, uh, but it, it makes sense that you wouldn't say, you need to do it this way. Uh, and what you're saying is literally against the law. That doesn't work. You know, I mean, you got to do your research before you go and, and give your advice. Right. You have to at least have an idea of what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so I didn't pick anybody on this because I picked somebody from that gave an answer to something else. And so you just tell me who you, you picked two anyway, so go for yeah, it. I went with two here. So, um, the other thing I thought that was important here too is, is for newer teachers, um, they may have heard of, of the um, House Bill 1017, but they may not know the, about the three or four years that led up to that. So if you've only been in education, and I'm not trying to eliminate uh, or, or change anybody's view of their advocacy by, by suggesting this, but you know that even happened before I started teaching. So I was still in school when that occurred in my, my my stepmother was a teacher and some of her very good friends were teachers. So I'm aware of it, but I don't have that same sense of that whole time and process of, of that. And I think that's a very rich, very important history to understand um, because it leads to, I, I truly believe that the events surrounding 1017 led directly to what happened last year. Right. For a variety of reasons. But um and so, yeah, understanding the history of teaching in the state, understanding the advocacy that's required in the state, understanding all those things are really important. So Stacey Walling said, prior to entering this field, I did not realize how important advocacy is and how much is needed. And I think for a lot of non-educators or non-educator spouse people, they, they truly don't understand, in my opinion. I, I agree. Uh, Don Brockman also said to affect true change, one must go beyond our communities to educate others on issues. Sometimes we are preaching to the choir in this forum and some politicians get on here for the praise while their actions continue to show they aren't listening. And I thought that's a valid point too. Like how many times have we had Oakland Ed Chats where 
we're just, we're, we're yelling into the void and, and we all get it. Like we all get it, but we're all here and the people that need to get it are over there. So how do we move this very powerful message from this collective group inside of Oakland Ed who understands what those things are into the real world? Without necessarily sending 100,000 teachers on one day in the middle of the school year. Right. Right. How can we, because we educate our students. Right. So I guess the question is, how do we educate our communities? So I'm going to suggest if you have a legislator who is not participating in the Oakland Ed chats, uh, forward them this podcast weekly, you know, give them the reason they should listen to it. Maybe they don't have time to, you know, to spend an hour on Sunday night, which I get. I, uh, you know, I checked out for a while too. Um, but forward them our episode, forward them any of the episodes within the, uh, the Oakland Ed podcast network. You know, if you, if you find one that you're listening to that speaks to what you really want your legislator to know, give them this and ask them to listen on their drive time. That's it. Challenge. Challenge accepted, Aaron. Well, thank you, Scott. I'm glad you. <laughs> um, question nine. Knowing and preparing is involved to develop successful advocates. Why do you think we, re we remain very reactive uh, as a community as opposed to a proactive one in terms of legislative advocacy? I think you don't know what you don't know. And um, teachers are crazy busy. I know so many teachers that on their summer are diving into more practices, are diving into um, how to effectively change their practice, how to better their practice in their time off there. I mean, I, I'm seeing tweets of um, teachers in, in Twitter going to weddings of, of former students who are, you know, going to soccer games and football games. I mean, not football, baseball games of former students. I, I mean, the teachers are crazy involved in the world that they live in. And so, um, to add one more thing to their their plate, it's gonna be hard. I, I do think that teachers need to find something to give up so that they can add the getting to know what's going on piece because you gotta know what's going on. But I, I mean, I, I also see why many don't. It's a busy world that we live in. Well, and when does the legislature meet? Right, I mean, I mean and they meet during our school year. Right. And what day does the legislature have off to go meet with constituents? On Fridays, which are days that we're in school. Right. Which, I mean, invite that legislator to your school. Invite them. Um, you know, mine was super stoked that I invited him to come here. And, I mean, he didn't get to. He ended up being called to a committee meeting, which is fine. But committee meetings, you know, committee meetings. Uh, sorry, that didn't really rhyme well. Um, <laughs> but he was stoked to get the invite, you know, and so invite, if you haven't, do it. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, so I want to talk Greg on this one. He says, I think the tension is sometimes outright toxicity in this uh, chat tonight. Um, uh, it illustrates the reason for this perfectly. We are too divided and disjointed. And do you remember what I said to you when we went to that ed camp session where we were meeting on if there was a walkout, what would we, you know, walk out for? Do you remember what I said to you? I don't remember what you said to me, but I remember the session because it got also very cantankerous very quickly. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 
it was like we were herding cats that day. Yeah. And, and we've got two groups, 60,000 and 30,000 strong. We know that there is some crossover in them, but the one side doesn't necessarily agree with the other side all the time. Right. And we are all for one common issue, <laughs> doing what's best for the kids, you know? And so if there's dissension among our ranks, who's going to listen to us? Right. You, and it does get toxic. I mean, we get really passionate about what we get passionate about. Um, Pre-walkout, post-walkout, and, and today and probably for the future. I think also this is one of those situations too where if, if you'll remember in that, in that, pod, in that uh, Ed Camp session, they couldn't even agree on a top 10 list. No. Like they could not, teachers could not agree on what. And so you would, you would think a pay raise would be the number one goal of every educator period end of story. And it was not. It wasn't, I mean. An obvious number one thing to work for. I mean, so, um, so I think fall, part of that falls into, into that as well. And I don't wanna offend anybody. I, I think sometimes teachers have this martyr complex where we're willing to go out and die on these hills for these, for these students, no matter what, because that's what we're gonna do. And we, we forget to, to legitimately advocate for us as professionals. We need professional development. It'd be great to have a pay raise. We haven't had one in, for, in forever. And, right. and like some of those life needs. Yes, we all understand we're not going to be millionaires. That's not the ask. The ask is to be able to, um, to be treated as a professional person. Um, and along with that becomes, comes salary. It comes insurance. It comes all these other variety of things. And so I think sometimes we're just too willing to, to sacrifice for our students and, and if we can't take care of ourselves, then we can't take care of our students. Dude, you got to read John Montgomery's tweet right now. So John Montgomery said, and he's Montgomery for okay. He said, a deficiency of well-defined targets can make the wheels come off of the most effective advocacy or activist effort. Setting achievable, not unrealistic benchmarks can move things forward. Boom. So there you go. I mean... It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty clear uh, that the wheels can come off easily when we're all put into one group. And the, and the wheels fell off in this chat and it became a very toxic one all, all through because you had, um, it was very evident reading through this that we all have different ideas on all of this and what's important. And, and we had people fussing about who the advocates were and we had people fussing about who could see what tweet and we had people well, You don't speak for me. Yeah, and we had we had all of that stuff going on, and so I, I think it just I think his I think John's tweet really sums up one of the things that we need to try and utilize Oakland for, and that is to to better ourselves professionally and set those things up. Like, what is it that we're trying to do as right. an as a professional group of educators? And he's one that's watching us, mm -hmm. right? And so if he sees the wheels coming off, what's he, what's he going to do? Right, and I think I remember too, um, Senator Treat. Was, was saying during the walkout last year, he's like, I don't know who to negotiate with because I've talked with all these different people and all of them are telling me different things. I have nothing to negotiate with. Like, right, and, and the leader of us, like the representative collective of us was saying different things than the Twitter chat was saying, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time here in Oklahoma. So question 10, which I yeah. thought was, I don't know if I want to say rich with irony, but question 10 was very interesting. The ultimate purpose of advocacy is to change the hearts and minds. I agree with that. 
In what ways are you stepping outside of the echo chamber to change hearts and minds on behalf of public education? I have a, I have a problem with that because we have created in a variety of ways, three separate echo chambers. There's the Oklahoma Parents for Public Educators echo chamber. There's the Oakland Ed on Twitter echo chamber, and there's the Teachers Unite echo chamber. And all three of those are echo chambers, all three of them. All three of them. All three of them. And so- I think you find more dissension on Twitter at times. Right, because it's Than you do in the other groups. Right. But, um, but, but if you're blocking people, do, does everybody see the dissension? Right. And that's, and that's the other thing. Um, you know, when we're talking about education, um, maybe Aaron Bard said something to me that I didn't like, so I'm going to block her. Um, great. Does that clean up my echo chamber at all? I don't know. It makes it a little bit now more personalized for me because now I don't have to deal with Aaron Barnes crazy ideas about education. And so I think we have to be super, 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 super careful about who we block as educators when we're trying to advocate for our profession. Well, and that's, I mean, that's how segregation happens. We, I mean, we always talk about fighting segregation and I mean, I'm not talking about race necessarily here, but if you're going to segregate yourself from what's being said, then you are, I mean, you're putting earmuffs on and you're, you're causing blinders in your own world. Right. Sam. And you, so you have to intentionally invite people that you disagree with into your stream. Yeah. So that you are not in that echo chamber. I mean, I don't always agree with the politicians in our state that are in the Republican party. I don't, I have them visible. I don't always agree with the democratic uh, legislators in our state either, but I have them visible. I mean, I need to see all of that. Yeah. So I went with Craig McVeigh here and he said, I believe it takes all kinds of kinds the people I'm comfortable with. It takes all of us in our own way. I love working with that Senator Paxson and that Rep Rhonda Baker. They're great people. Sometimes we disagree. And I think that's a very, very, very valid point. Uh, yes. I, I, I think that there is a, a pretty large group of people on the Twitter sphere that like me the person, but don't like, you know, my viewpoints on things, um, you know, and, and that's okay. You don't have to like my viewpoints uh, and I'm not out blasting them and you don't have to listen to this uh, podcast. Yes, you do. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I think it's fine to disagree and that's, it, it's totally fine. I think you need to be able to see some of that. And I think the danger lies, I truly believe the danger lies when we, get into these situations where all we hear is each other. Right. We preach to the choir, the choir preaches back and that's it and becomes a tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter sphere of influence. And, and when that happens, the blinders come on and, and you are ignorant of other developments that are occurring that you need to be aware of. I, I think we just, I think we're on a very, very, very slippery slope. Yes. Boom sauce. Boom sauce. You first. Okay, so I went Tyler Bridges here, who is at Bridges Tyler on the Twitter sphere. He says, as long as dialogue is effective, mature, and respectful, 
I feel like social media is a great avenue for affecting change in social causes. If we're advocating for the same Oakland Ed, then we can, should all find our lane to work together. That's a good one. I went with Kathy Gibson and this was in response to the inside outside the system uh, conversation. And she, and she said, quote, inside the system, unquote, is another way to say, quote, be quiet and stay in the box, unquote. Advocacy from the inside is the problem. You become part of the system. Political politeness is never going to change things. Real change comes from activism. That's it. Block me. I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Kathy Gibson? I'm not sure I follow you, but I'm going to today. So, uh, so I was like, um, I, I love that tweet for a variety of reasons um, because clearly she's passionate about, about, about all of this. Mm -hmm. and, and I think she's right. If, if you stay quiet, you're just saying, all right, I'm, I'm, if, if you stay quiet, then what you're saying is I'm comfortable with what's occurring. Right. Um, well, that's it. The hundredth episode in the can. Ooh, and that was a cantankerous one. If you want to read a really interesting Twitter chat, just scroll back and look at that sucker. Yeah. Dang. So on the next episode of Oakla Said, you're going to hear from us again, and we'll be talking about Jason James's tweet, uh, Twitter chat, hosting, moderating. I believe and so. What's next for Oakla Ed or something like that? That's what you yeah. guys talk about. And I thought uh, it'll be an interesting one coming off of this one, who, which for what it's worth, I think you and I made it sound fluffy. There were, there were not fluffy things happening, but um, uh, it'll be an interesting twat, twat <laughs> talk bad. This thing, this chat, not only did not end at nine, it did not end until like Tuesday. No, I know. <laughs> so what is next with Oakla Ed? It'll be great to find out. Tune into Oakla Ed to find out. All right. All right. All right, educators, you know what to do. Go out and dominate the world, but do it in like, no, just go dominate. <laughs> God, I'm angry. <laughs> Aaron. That was good. only saying you're doing fine, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma.